We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Good morning and welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And I'm Pastor Jolly John Lukumski, coming to you for one last time from the frozen north of Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, And this is Wrestling Wrestling with with the the basics. Basics. You'll be wintering in beautiful southern Illinois soon. Yep, yeah, yeah. The next, in fact, the next time you, you and I uh, are talking with the people, you and I will both be in the studio together. Hopefully, unless you start crawling up some more trees. <laughs> yeah, that that so. might put a damper on things. No, I, if my wife has anything to say about it, John, I will not be going up in any more trees. <laughs> that's the last time <laughs> for you in a tree. That's uh, of right. course what, what we're alluding to is the fact that Matt fell out of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, John, for bringing that up again. <laughs> well, I, just, I thought people might want to know. Remember, and you're, you're, how, how's your recovery doing? No, it's, doing it's right? no. I do not mind talking about it at all. I'm just uh, joking. No, it's uh, the recovery's going fine. Uh, in therapy two times a week. Uh, so uh, Jill, the therapist, doing a great job uh, over at SSM Therapy. Boy, I just can't say enough about the therapists and what a, a blessing they are to healing and recovery. Uh, but uh, Mondays and Thursdays headed over to therapy. Uh, the place is only two blocks from my house, so I mean, I can. Oh, I, I walk to therapy. It doesn't get is much that better right? than that. Yeah. Well, that's comforting too to know that you can do that. that I, you can walk. Yeah, to that's therapy. right. Yeah, exactly. And I've been without a car, so the weird thing. So I, I, I can't drive. You know, the doctor hasn't yeah. cleared that quite yet, uh, at least as we record this. Um, but my our son Noah has his driver's permit, so oh. so I can't drive, and and he can't drive on his own. But together. We can drive, so it's, just, it's been kind of this uh, putting the puzzle together to make sure I need, can get to where I need to go when I need to get there, and I'm just ready to drive on my own again. Let me tell you, the the Lord works everything together for good. You yes. and Noah are out there on the highway. <laughs> I know, but 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 now you you teased us. You teased us last week because you said you had an interesting interaction with one of the doctors. Who was treating you? You want to share that because I know everybody's thinking, "Well, what was that all about?" Yeah, so, so who knows? So, maybe maybe someone from the therapy place is listening. I don't know, but it was uh, yeah, one of the doctors there and one of the the, the top docs there. Great, great guy, great doctor. Um, it seems, um, you know, the the last day I was there, uh, was was checking in with me, and then uh, he kind of came back and said, "Hey, do you do you have a few minutes?" and uh, and I said, well, yeah, I, I guess so. So, <laughs> so he sat down and he uh, he he was talking to me, and he turns out he is very much involved uh, with the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, so the, oh the Mormon goodness. Church. So, okay, uh, yeah. so he and his wife they actually teach a uh, class of high schoolers. Get this, John. Uh, they meet Monday through Friday every day at six a.m. It's a class. Oh my goodness! How many of your confirmads are and their families would be willing to get them to church before school every day at six o'clock? 
Um, we, we don't have to worry about the compliments of their parents. Because I'm the not pastor wouldn't up. want to. I, I'm I, not getting I, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew you were going to say that. But yeah, anyway, talk about dedication. Whoa. So this doctor and his wife do that. And I think it's a group of over 20 high schoolers. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, incredible. Uh, he was telling me out in Utah where the Mormon population is higher, uh, they have the same class, but so often it's it's a part of the school day. Even at the public mm-hmm. schools, they'll allow sort of a an open campus free period where you you go off for an hour or two, uh, to to the church basically and have your class. Uh, but anyway, uh, we don't have that here in St. Louis, so so they do it before school. Uh, and he said, you know, I've got some questions for you. The kids have brought up questions about what what do other people believe in. He goes, I know you're a, a Lutheran pastor, so what do you guys believe about who God is, and especially things like the Trinity? So, you know, I have this opportunity to just talk about who God is and, you know, talked about Jesus' baptism and how we see the Trinity there and the Great Commission and the Trinity. And and then he asked, well, what about what about the cross and and atonement? What do you guys what do you guys have to say about that? So I got to talk about Jesus dying on the cross and what that means. And and then he said, uh, well, what about, uh, you know, what about, uh, you know, the, the Bible? Is that is that like the only source you have for what you believe and what you teach? Or is there other stuff? You know, and it's just, it, it was just, you know, giving me such an opportunity to just sit down, have a conversation with this, this uh, you know, this, uh, this, guy who's you know very sincere in his uh involvement in the the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints but to be able to share with him just god's word and uh the truth of god's word and for about a half hour we talked and you know again nice conversation and just that trust that oh yeah god's word doesn't return empty but yeah hopefully that works in this man's life and uh and uh, hearing the gospel hearing god's word and hopefully it bears fruit. You know, God's will be done. It's in God's hands now, in the hands of the Holy Spirit. And just thinking through, yeah, if I hadn't fallen, if there wasn't that suffering, if there wasn't the the hospital stay and rehab stay, uh, I would have never had this conversation with this individual. So, uh, you know, thanks be to God for, for opportunities like that that he presents before us. Um, you know, certainly not planned by me, but, but planned by God. And uh, you know, thanks be to him. And, and you know, the thing is, Matt, when we're in the midst of it, as you're falling from the tree, as they're taking you in an ambulance, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not conscious of any of those things. But, but yeah, I've had the same experience. Sometimes when you look back, and sometimes it's maybe even two or three or even longer years when oh, you look yeah. back, and you begin to say, okay, yeah, they're, 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 the Lord was doing what he said. He was working everything together for good. Uh, as you said, the people who you had an opportunity to witness to that you would not have been able to do, and the people that came and loved and cared for you. That's what I always think. It's an opportunity for people to show compassion. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's not a good thing. No, we don't want you falling out of trees, and I'm with you, with your wife. Don't don't climb up there anymore. <laughs> okay? But, <laughs> yeah, don't but, worry. Yeah, no, it, the Lord's still uh, working some good things. Yeah, and I, I think that's... You know, I, I think that's the right way to put it, good things, because I think sometimes we, we're tempted to think, well, there's one one reason why this happened. I need to figure out that one reason why I fell out of the tree, why God wanted this to happen. And, and like you said, there's good things. You know, there's many things in many ways 
that perhaps God can use that experience. And uh, some of them, I'm, I'm this side of heaven, may never be aware of, but but just trust that, yeah, God can work all things for the good of those who love him. You know, that's his, that's his promise in the book of Romans. So, um, yeah, but when we do get those glimpses where God is at work, like with this conversation with the doctor, hey, thanks be to God. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty neat to be able to rejoice in that for sure. And, and I really like what you said there, Matt. There are things that God has done through this that you will not be aware of yeah. until, until we all get up in heaven. And, and then you'll be going, oh, man, I didn't even see what fruit was coming from that. But it, it was, um, you, you said you know, people can care for you now, too, and that's so true. I, the, the rehab place I was at, I had visited people there before. You know, uh, members. Yeah. You know, we've had at least two members who have been there in the past, and I've you know, visited and brought communion. And now here I am. I'm the one in the bed. I'm the one in the wheelchair. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for, for, for God's people and, you know, even fellow pastors to minister to me, um, you know, that's— uh, that's pretty cool too to to experience that, and then uh, for them to have the opportunity to to just show love to their their pastor um, is is pretty neat. And thank and, God and, for and, it. And Matt, see, it does change your perspective. Not, it does. not that you weren't yep. doing a good job of doing hospital calls, but I remember after I was hospitalized, it does. It, it, there's insights. There's things you understand before, and I think I think that's another good. It helps us to be even better uh, at at the ministry. Uh, and the pastoral care that God has given us to yeah, do. No doubt. Because uh, the one thing I learned, and I'm sure you've learned, hospitals are the most boring places in the world. <laughs> it's no fun being in a hospital, that's for no. sure. Uh, no. Yeah, thank God for them, but boy, they're they're no fun. So so we're going to return to Second Timothy, uh, which is what our study was before you fell out of a tree. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what were, you, were you not thinking of, oh, I don't even want to get in there. <laughs> So, uh, but uh, uh, I, I want to go back to First Timothy because I ran across a passage. It was actually a, an epistle uh, lesson uh, for a, a couple of Sundays ago, and I wanted to ask you a question because something struck me there that I'd never noticed before. Can we do that? Yes, we can do that. All right. So it's second. It's First Timothy. I'm sorry, First Timothy, chapter two, verse fifteen. Uh, it is that chapter where, of course, is Paul telling that women ought to listen to us. <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> That's what I said. Did you hear? Did you hear the sermon, sweetheart? It says that wives are supposed to do what their husbands tell them. And she said, I don't think that's exactly yeah. what the pastor preached. Yeah, I think Lynn heard a um, different sermon. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. That seems so clear to me. Uh, um, but it concludes with this really odd verse. Okay. Um, have you got it there, Matt? No, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, First Timothy 2, verse 15, I think you're saying, Yeah, right? that's okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you want, want me to read, read it? it? Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You fall okay. out of a tree and all of a sudden, oh, well, you got to do everything for you now. <laughs> Come on. You can read the Bible. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, I can't wait till you're back in the studio, by the way, John. That, that's right. That's, next okay. time. Next time that's it'll be you time. and me in the studio. Okay. Uh, okay, so here's verse 15. It, okay, yet she will be saved through childbearing. If they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Now that's just a crazy passage, <laughs> okay. anyway. And people have wrestled with that. what, how, how will she be saved through childbearing? But here's the thing I never noticed before: that that Paul changes up the number of the pronouns, which I know now people are going, "Huh? <laughs> Did he fall out of a tree?" <laughs> 
No, it says yet We've she. We've been wondering that for a while now, John. Yeah, that's true. I could have told you all about that. I landed on my head, though, Matt. That was your mistake, <laughs> landing on your back. Um, so, right, so it says now, yet she. No time for foolishness. Okay. Yeah. A little late for that, I'm afraid. Yeah, uh, um, so it says yet she. And, and in the Greek, that's in the singular. Uh, she shall be saved. That's a singular. One person is doing that. Um, and then he says, though, if they uh, continue, and, and the Greek word there is in the plural, so it's more than one. So what is, why is Paul doing that? Why does he talk about an individual who will be saved through childbearing? And then he talks about a whole bunch of people who should continue in faith and love and holiness. I had never noticed that before. It is what it is in the Greek. There, there might be a variant there. I have no idea, but but uh, the, the Greek text that I went to all have that difference. The singular, she will be saved, and then the plural, they uh, continue in faith and love. Uh, had you ever noticed that before, Matt? Yeah, I think, that, yeah, yeah, I, I have. You know, I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, I've had people ask me about it before. What does this mean, Pastor? Does this mean, you know, that as a woman, it's my responsibility to have children? Is that is that what it's talking about? That there's something wrong with, you know, if, if a couple can't have a child, perhaps? Oh, you know, yeah. Are they yeah. less of a woman or less of a Christian even, you know? So I think that, you know, when you read this just on the surface, at least, it can cause some uh, heartache, really. Well, yeah, if you if you hear it as a law, yes. and, and that's what the law does. Yeah. The law always burdens, causes yeah. pain. Uh, and yeah, so you talk about well, my my daughter, she she was not able to, to have children. They adopted a couple of kids, but uh, but you're right. Uh, so what? How have you dealt with that? I, we'll just throw it open to you first. How have you dealt with that in the past, Matt? Well, you know, I I think uh, you know to 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 look at the context here is uh, super important too. Um, so Paul certainly is talking about that relationship between uh, you know not just a husband and wife here, but just between men and women. And he's really talking about it, and I, I think this is so important. He's talking about it within the context of public worship in particular, right? So what's the role of men? What's the role of women in public worship? And then um, he, I'm going to pick up with verse 13. He talks about one woman in particular, right? Uh, right. He, he says, for Adam was formed first. So he's going back to, right, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Adam was formed first, then Eve. Okay, we got that, kind of this order of creation and this design and creation, okay. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Okay, well, fair enough, I guess. You know, it, you know, Eve is the one who's technically deceived by, by the snake, by Satan. Uh, you know, not that Adam's guiltless, he was right there, and his fault was not doing what he should have done and said, Eve, what are you doing? Don't eat that and, you know, uh, don't listen to the snake. You know, so both of them certainly yeah, ultimately yeah, which, at fault, right? Which is the troubling thing. If you read that in, in the uh -huh. book of Genesis, it's quite clear that Adam was standing there watching yes, all of this going her. on and not saying a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So so, uh, so it's talking about, uh, you know, the woman was deceived and became the transgressor, and then it goes, yet she'll be saved through childbearing. And that's where, like you pointed out, John, it's singular. So, um, you know, the she, what's the she, who is the she that it's referring to there? Exactly. And it, yeah, seems, the it seems to be um, pointing back really to, to Eve as the, the main she, the main individual, at least, that Paul's speaking of. And, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, well, yeah, and then it says she, okay, and if, if that's primarily talking, 
pointing to Eve, she'll be saved through childbearing. Well, we think of of that promise already in Genesis chapter three, verse fifteen. You know that this this seed of the woman, right? This offspring is is going to be well, ultimately the savior, someone who's going to to uh, defeat Satan, bruise his head, crush his head, and uh, and save us. You know, ultimately Jesus Christ. So it's through childbearing, through those generations. Uh, that God brings that Savior, Jesus, finally into the world. So, so I, I, I agree with you. In fact, when you're doing grammar, when you're doing grammar, and, and you're trying to determine the antecedent of the pronoun, it's another fancy word. <laughs> I, I, man, I'm, You've been hanging out with retired. Lynn too long. Yeah, there she's you go. rubbing off on you. <laughs> so, so anyway, when we all, all we're saying is that when you have a pronoun like she. Uh, you've uh, you've got to ask, well, who's it referring to? Just yes. as you said, that's the antecedent. Yes. That's the thing that's being referred to. And, and normally what you do is you take whatever is closest. And, and as you pointed out, what's closest here is Eve. And the woman was deceived. And, and so you would assume uh, what people hearing this would automatically think of as the she is Eve. Mm-hmm. It is the woman. Um, the problem, however, Matt, is it says she will be saved. See, now if it said she was saved mm-hmm. through childbearing, mm-hmm. then that would make it easy. But mm-hmm. but she says it says she will be saved. It's kind of a future thing. But but let me run something that, that Luther brought out about Eve that I think helps interpret this passage. And maybe he was even thinking about this passage when he came up with these insights. So so God has now come to Eve, and and what has God told Eve about childbearing? In Genesis? Yeah. Oh, it's going to—well, now, after sin, it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. Uh, so before, I don't know what it would have been, but apparently it wouldn't have been a thing that would have bothered you at all. Uh, did you get to be there when your kids were born? Yeah, I was there, yes. So you know it is a painful thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a lot of screaming involved. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> don't get too close to them or you might get hit. It's a, if, good, if you're whole- it's a good thing Lisa had me there to— <laughs> Hold her yes. hand. <laughs> oh, well, that's what I say. You hold the hand, and all of a sudden, they're crushing I your know. fingers. <laughs> no. uh, um, oh, I know. It's... All right, so, so, so number one, it's painful. This is not going to be fun anymore. It's going to be painful. Yes. Number two, this this child you're going to have, you're going to give birth to, this child is going to end up doing what? What's going to happen to that child? In fact, it's going to happen to everybody. Well, they're gonna, well eventually, they're going to die. Right, from yeah. dust you've come till dust you'll return. And, of course, we got those sad, sad genealogies in Genesis where it talks about so-and-so and how long they lived, and then each one says, and they died. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking if I'm a woman, I'm thinking, this childbirth stuff, it's not cracked up to what it should be, right? I know God said we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, but why? It's going to be painful. You know, the, the child I have will simply die again. What's the use of doing this? And, and so Luther says that, that when uh, uh, Eve and, and uh, Adam get together, that's the first thing they do. They get together, they do what uh, married people do, and they have a child. And that's because Eve is doing this in faith. That even though she knew it would be a thing of pain, she knew it would be a thing of death, and yet, as you had pointed out, God had made this promise that one of those offspring of Eve, he's going to come and set everything right. He's going to come and he's going to crush the head of the devil. And, and I think that's what Paul is thinking about here. Yeah, that's how salvation came, because we had this woman, Eve, and even though she was cursed by sin, she still had faith. So she went and did what God had told her to do. She went and had a child, because she still believed 
that even in the face of death, God could bring them salvation. So she literally was saved through childbearing. Now, now why the future tense, though, Matt? Why? Because like I said, it made perfect sense if it says she was saved through childbearing. So, so the fact that she trusted and had faith in God and, and went ahead and had, in fact, uh, that's what it says. When she had Cain, she thought, this is a man I've got from the Lord. She thought Cain was going to be the one, which, of course, she was wrong about that. But at least she did this all in faith that God would keep his promise. But why do you think the future, why she will be saved? Because we would think that she's already saved. Well, uh, I mean, in my mind, you know, that as Eve has that child, well, certainly uh, Cain isn't the, the Messiah. No. Uh, neither is Abel, and, and neither is anyone for many generations. So yes. certainly that future idea that, uh, you know, it's not going to be something that Eve's going to see with her own eyes. Uh, it's not a baby she's going to hold in her own arms, but it's someone that, you know, through faith will come uh, many generations later. And and in fact, you can take the genealogy of that one, Jesus Christ, as as Luke does, and you can trace it all the way back to to that Eve who who bore that child. And indeed, uh, Galatians four four, Paul says, "But when the fullness of time had come, see, when the fullness of time had come, a future thing, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law." Um, and I also think that the thing that struck me is it's, it's we're all saved now. When I go and take the Lord's Supper and he says, this is my body, this is my blood given for you, that's happening right that moment. But for all of us, I think salvation is still a future thing. Uh, we're still going to be falling out of trees. We're still going to be having problems and trials here. But in the future, yeah, yeah, we will see the reality. And, and what we have now uh, hidden, we will then see with eyes wide open. I think there's something in the Bible about that. Uh, and then, if we go to the next verse, if they continue, and this is my wife's insight, and I, I think she may have a point. Yeah, what's the, the deal with the they? There, yeah. Well, it, it could include Adam and Eve. It can include both the men that, that Paul tells him, you've got to quit fighting with each other, quit quarreling. That's how the, this section begins. And also the women who are supposed to learn quietly with all submissiveness. So, so all of us then, all of us, we should continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So I thought, well, that's interesting, because I think I usually think of they continue. It's talking about women. Yes. But I think it could very well be argued. No, it's talking about this is what we do because we are saved through the birth of the child Jesus Christ. And so we then uh, all continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So anyway. Yeah. Well, and then I think, you know, as you, you know— uh, and then that verse becomes a verse of comfort, I think, right? Yeah. Because then it's yes. not about, well, yeah, and as children, are, you know, women are saved through childbearing, and you know, so to be a Christian or to be a real woman, I need to have children and have be fulfilled. Well, well, no. I mean, if if you're blessed with children, you know, thanks be to God, that's great. But but uh, that's not what this verse is saying. But it's it's that element of of faith, right? Faith in the one that was born finally of of Eve, that that one who's Jesus Christ, and that faith that's. Uh, yeah, for men and women, uh, that, that Christ shadow came for both. And, and one other thing that would back that up, that the childbearing here is not referring, like you said, to, to uh, anyone who might be barren or, or like my daughter who had to adopt children. Uh, it's interesting that in the Greek it doesn't say she will be saved through childbearing. It actually says she will be saved through the childbearing. Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? That, that definite article, the, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why the English translations don't put that in there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, because, I like that, John. Well, this that's is what, what Paul wrote, and, and I think it's pointed out. We're not talking about childbearing in general. 
uh, but we are talking about the childbearing that that and the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of woman uh, I think that's the childbearing he's referring to and of course we continue to have children we continue to adopt children because we have that promise that hope uh, that God wants to give them uh, life, even though we know that, that there'll be a lot of sadness and a lot of tragedy in the birth of those children and the bearing and the taking care of those children. And yet, like Eve, we, we still do everything in faith, continuing, as it says, in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Cool. Well, thanks, John. I mean, I think that's a verse that, you know, talk about wrestling. This is a verse that a lot of people wrestle with. So thanks for wrestling uh, with it, you know, over it with us and, and giving some clarity. Thanks. And then next week, we'll finally get back to what we were doing before you fell out of a tree. Uh, <laughs> this has been Wrestling with, wrestling with the, the Basics. basics. <laughs>